Everyone has recurring dreams. Sometimes it's people or a place. I have two places that I dream about. One is clearly the place I live now. It's always a little different. Sometimes it has a second story or is on a hill or in a valley. But I know what it is, though. The other place I've never seen before. But it never changes. Its wood planks are gray. Old paint, dark blue, cracked and sparse, still hides in the cracks where those planks meet. From the outside, it's three-story. You know how in a dream you can inherently know something, but when you wake up, there's no way you should have recognized it? Whatever it was, was wrong. The details were missing or, or strange. Like people. People don't have faces in my dreams, but I know who that person is. Which my therapist says is pretty normal. Well, I didn't dream about faces until I started dreaming about this house. For a while, I didn't dream at all, but my new therapist is having me try some different medications out. So I started dreaming again. A childhood friend brought me to that house in my dreams. Mark, I hadn't seen him since I was 14. We moved to a different state when I was a kid, and I just hadn't seen him since. I don't know why I dreamt about him, but maybe I saw something about him on my social feed. There he stood. He doesn't look the same. He's older, but it's him. The youthful fat around his cheeks and eyes are gone. His eyes, I remember the green-gray. They would change color from day to day when we were kids. I could recognize those eyes. I remember stepping inside that house. The air changed. The furniture was covered with white sheets and clear plastic. Years of dust lay on everything, except for a footpath carved through the house. A sort of rhythmic ticking echoes through the halls. The path leads from the foyer, up the stairs, along the worn-out runners, past the bedrooms, past a parlor, and into a small library. The backstrip of the older books are cracked, insects burrowing homes, devouring the pages from the edges. I open one that lay on a small side table. It was newer, handcrafted, the leaves not yet glued to the case. As I cracked it open, I'm reminded this is all a dream. None of the words are legible. They exist on the page as nonsense and smudged lines. Until I concentrate on a line, then the sentence wriggles into view. Turning away from her, he understood. I flipped to the end. More ink squirms into words on the page. Each footstep banged a different note up those metal stairs. Mark calls my attention away from the book. He exposed a small hidden passage. A spiral staircase curls up around a wrought iron mast. Mark is a few steps up, supporting the weight of his frail frame on the railing. Michael, you were a good friend. It's good to see you again after all these years. As he ascends, I try to follow, but the ornate vine pattern of the stairs give way under my foot. A room at the top hums with excitement as he approaches. The small passage floods with flickering light, colors dancing around magenta, purple, blue, green, and back. Immediately, the light and sound halt as the door closes behind him. Unlike most dreams that warp and, and keep moving, I stayed there, alone exploring the rooms, thinking of his voice. It was older, but familiar. I could hear the years and experience vibrate off his vocal cords. I wondered what I must sound like to those who knew me before. Looking in the mirror every day, the gray hairs and the weight there, slow, hard to see. The next day, laying in bed, scrolling on my phone, I see the news on my feed. Mark looked the same as he did in my dream. He died in his sleep, survived by his wife and two kids. His second bout with cancer, they said. He refused treatment this time. Mark had been through so much. 
his mother died of cancer when we were kids and they didn't have much so medical care wasn't to cure or treat it was mainly for the pain when she lost mark's brother sam when he died it was the first time i'd ever heard of methadone really she died of an overdose but the cancer took a chair first i wonder about mark's kids and if they realize it it waits for them there too their own body the thing that makes them them one day it'll take them too i went to his viewing he had been a great friend to me as a kid when i moved it wasn't as easy to keep in touch as it is now i mean i should have tried though i just like in my dream there he was devoured from the inside that thin face his son too young to realize truly realize what it meant to be there in a pew with his father lying there his father's veins pumped with chemicals doing their best to make him appear more alive i approached the boy and his sister sitting with an older woman sorry for your loss the child parrots to me my lips pinch and a single corner smile forms i knew your dad when i was a kid he was a good person I, i'm sorry it's okay he says looking at the action figure in his tiny hands the old woman doesn't correct him she just watches thank you she raises her eyebrows at me expectingly. Uh, uh, Michael, I was friends with Mark when we were younger, when his mom passed. Oh, um, maybe you know my daughter, his wife, Shelly. Shelly sits on a back pew crying into someone's shoulder. Shelly Marshall? Yes, sir. Shelly Marshall, holy shit. Michael had the biggest crush on her. She was one of those girls that didn't even know she didn't know your name. Like, you didn't exist until she met you but for some reason every person wanted her to acknowledge them to make them exist approaching his casket i can see that they did a pretty good job i've had the unfortunate pleasure of attending a few funerals in my day he looks about as alive as somebody could his eyes closed and hands folded on his chest part of me expects him to wake up at any moment a glint of something between his thumb and his forefinger catches my attention a ring. A woman's wedding ring. Looking back at Shelly, I can see there's no tan line on her finger where the ring should live. I, it's like she couldn't wait to bury every memory of him in the ground, too. I... <sighs> a few days go by and I'm back to my old dreams. Weird details from my day. Worries. Blurred faces. Then I was dreaming about being in a mall as a kid. And there it was. It had ripped a hole into the building, where sunbeams poured in around it, but the house sat in darkness. The gap between the wall of the mall and the house exposed the black void. The concrete wall of some department store had been smashed apart by the front porch. All the faceless people in my dream walking by, not noticing a thing. As I approached the front steps, the smell of the cookie shop and the laughter from the food court faded. The front door cracked open and I followed the path back up to the library. The book I had read before was no longer on the table. It sat clean, bound, finished on the shelf. The same shelf that Mark had moved to expose the stairs. I pull the book out. The spine reads M.J.S. His initials. Mark Jonathan Savage. I flip towards the front of the book and begin to try to read. Slowly, the words form. Just 
fast enough to keep up with my reading. Moments of Mark's life before I knew him. After his brother... He was so alone. No, I'm, I'm writing this. I'm dreaming this. So this, so this is just me making up his story. None of these words matter. Putting the books down, I notice the lumps under the sheet on the desk. Pulling the yellow sheet back, there rests the typewriter. Its ribbon, moist with ink, a piece of paper folded in half rests against the platen. The page header reads MTC, my initials, Michael Taylor Church. Looking back at Mark's book, I, I skipped to the last chapter. I followed him into the house, just like we were running through the backwoods as children. We would step in each other's footprints, knowing it was safe. This, however, would be our last adventure together. The words continued until the end of the chapter and the attic door closed behind him. Rummaging through the desk, I find a box full of folded pages, all blank, in the bottom drawer. I open Mark's book again and flip to the back, trying to find the second to last chapter. Landing on a page, the words form. Slowly, I read Mark's thoughts, his experience. It isn't the cancer that got Mark. He lost hope. He gave up. She took everything. My blood boils, each word another bubble of anger rising to the surface. Every page destroys a chapter of his life before. His marriage, his kids, everything she did to him. I, I get why he gave up. No, 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 this is a dream. I slam the book closed and place it on top of another book, and I notice the unbound book. SM-C, and my alarm startles me awake. Sitting at my cubicle doodling during a teleconference call, I still feel strange from my dream. I pull out my phone and search for Shelly online. I find her under Shelly Marshall's Dash Church. SM-C. I must have read that somewhere, or, or her mom said it at the funeral. Of course she kept the hyphen. I mean, how would guys from high school or college find her if she didn't? What is wrong with me? Jesus, Shelly didn't do anything wrong. You had a dream. Your emotions felt real. Your brain fired off some chemicals, but it was just a dream. Finally home, I loosened my tie and flopped down into the recliner. I would never buy a recliner, but when my parents passed, I, I couldn't throw it away. The polyester upholstery somehow got softer over the years. My dad spent so many nights passed out here. He left this thing and my mom left family scrapbooks. In the end, I still don't know much about them. Springing upright in the chair, I realized, wait, the house, it's, it's gotta be a house from my childhood. How could I have created something in my mind with so much unchanged detail? That's not what my dreams are like. It has to be recollection. I, I pull the photo albums out from underneath my bed. Mom made three books, one of her and dad uh, before me, our, our life as a family, and then their life after I moved out. When I cleaned out their house, I, I briefly looked through them, but she never finished them. She, she left a box of keepsakes yet to make it into an album. I guess nobody ever finishes their own photo album. It's strange. Because of her books, I can have these memories of their lives before I was born. I, I think I would have liked my parents, just as people. But... I mean, that's easy to think looking at photos. Nobody cuts and frames pictures of the bad stuff. Flipping through the pages of my life, pamphlets from school recitals, party invites, prize ribbons, I, I look for anything that may be visually close to that place. Maybe an aunt or an uncle lived there. 
I have memories of different people and places in these albums. Slivers, tiny details, stairs to a house, a brass apple filled with candy, the smell of an old wooden piano in a den, but nothing looks close. For a moment, I lose myself in a picture of a birthday party. Friends I had forgotten about standing around a cake. It was a nice party. One of the first I remember where my parents didn't just invite everyone from my class. I close the scrapbook and kick close the recliner and stand. My foot gets caught in the white sheeting laying over top of the recliner. I entangle my foot and look up and find myself standing in an unfamiliar room. Everything is covered in sheets. Sliding open the pocket doors, I'm greeted by the hallway of that house. I can hear the rhythmic clanging. The clock. And the typewriter. The typewriter slamming letters onto a page. I approach the slightly cracked library door. Peering inside, there's no one. Still under the dust covering, the typewriter stops. Peeling back the sheet, I can see a page sitting in the typewriter. Three pages of the folded paper are filled. The header reads, SM-C. The page continues the flow of the chapter. Floating words materialize. Laying on the cold, sweat-soaked sheet, she realized. He wasn't interesting or funny. She had to end this. The thrill of him was gone. Her availability took away the pleasure. Getting away with something was exhilarating, but this was sad. He was sad. She didn't even get off this time. Cheating was a thrill. The power is what got her off. He can never know he is the father of her son, she thought. She would never get rid of him if he did. I paused and flip a page over, trying to find his name. Trevor clumsily removed. Flipping from chapter to chapter, I see more names. Trevor isn't her only adulterous lover. I close the book and place the unfinished page back in the typewriter. The return flies back with a ding, startling me. The keys begin to slam down, continuing where it left off. Her eyes begin to close as she drifted off in thought. Her mind let go and she began to dream about the key stop. I sat and looked at the page, waiting, but no words formed. I stared, wanting to see her dream about Mark, about how he knew that she ruined his life. How every time she looks in her son's eyes, she has to see Trevor and her sins. But, but they never came. Why does she get to continue on and Mark is buried under her world of shit? There is no karma, no one looking out for us and ensuring right or wrong. I, I place my hands on the keys and type the rest of the sentence. Her mind let go and she began to dream about the house. A noise from downstairs. The tight bars began to slam against the page. She opened the heavy front door. Hello? Hello? Her voice winds its way up the stairs. Shelly? Uh, up here, uh, up the stairs. Who's up there? The typewriter races away. The pages filled and disappeared. Another took its place, continuing the story. This is my dream. Here there can be justice. Her footsteps approach. I grab her book from the desk. In here, Shelly, the library. She slowly steps inside, unsure of her environment and me. Who are you? I, I'm I'm Michael. I, I was friends with Mark as a kid. Oh. She stares at me, and then over my shoulder to the sound of a typewriter. The door slams behind her. That's not why I brought you here. I hold up her book and retrieve her wedding ring from my pocket. The one she thought she'd buried with Mark. Mark knew, and it killed him. He knew. It killed him. What? You killed no. him. No, he died of cancer. No, Shelly. 
He died because he gave up. Because he knew the truth. You cheated on him. What? You had a child with another man and lied to him. You meant everything to him. You take everyone for granted, recognizing her small diamond band. Is that my ring? Shelly backs away up against the bookshelf, looking for a way out. Stay away from me. She grabs a book and throws it at me, scampering with her back against the shelves, trying to get away. Stay away from me. Shelly searches for an exit. No. The bookshelf pops open. Stop. Exposing the hidden passage. Seeing her opportunity, she pushes through and stumbles up the spiral staircase. I can feel the house shake with each step. It hums with anticipation. As I approach the stairs recede, not letting me follow. Still holding her book, I can feel each page appear as the typewriter wails away. I can hear the door open at the top. As I feel the light wash over me, I close my eyes and rotate my head back. My skin starts to tingle from the pulsating light. I can feel her go. The attic door slams shut. The last few words of her book finish on the typewriter. I step out of the small room and the shelf closes behind me. A place sits open next to Mark's book on the shelf. I slide her book into place, store a ring in the desk drawer and jolt awake. There I sit, in my father's recliner with the photo album still on my lap. I must have fallen asleep. I can feel Shelley's ring poking into my thigh through my pocket. I don't know why I took it. I just, I just couldn't let her throw another part of Mark's life away. Uh, if you look here at slide three, uh, you can see that we under- During an afternoon work meeting, I feel my phone vibrate wildly in my pocket. I don't get many texts or messages, making each buzz against my thigh drive my anxiety up just a little more. Slipping out of the conference room towards the bathroom, I unlock my phone and see all the notifications. Shelly died last night. This cannot be something I saw before I went to sleep. I can feel my skin flush with hot blood and then the rush of cold as my stomach sinks. Two people I've dreamt about now are dead. Did I do this? How? Michael. A co-worker taps my elbow. You, uh, you okay? I, I realize I'm standing in the doorway of the bathroom staring at my phone. Uh, someone someone I knew just, just died. Um, you look like you're about to pass out. No, I'm, I'm fine. I, I just lost a friend last week and I'm... I'm, I'm going to go home for the day. Yeah, look, get out of here. I'll tell HR. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, man. <sighs> Flopping down on the couch, I stare at the popcorn ceiling. My eyes count each grain as my mind races. I feel crazy for even thinking I did this. I mean, how could I? It's impossible. I mean, maybe I, I knew something when I saw her at the funeral that made my subconscious part of me see there was, you know, something wrong with her. I... The house is just a way for me to deal with it, to, to rationalize, or, or I sit up and grab the photo album from the coffee table and flip to the front. The first picture, I'm like six. I'm crying holding a fish I caught with my grandfather. I, I remember this. I, I remember him killing it, smacking with an oar. I cried so much. I, I didn't realize yet that that's what life was. Life for us is something else dying. The fish sticks I love, the chicken nuggets, even the french fries, everything that lives dies, and everything that dies helps something else live. Where are my baby photos? I rush to my bed and pull out the photo album of my parents, flipping through, them dating, my dad at the factory, mom pregnant, and, and me. This isn't just an album of them, it's just full, so she started another one. God. Turning each page, I hope to see that house, some party or amusement park. My eye catches a detail as I've already started turning the page. I turn the page back. There it is. 
not a family member's house, not the house at all, a, a picture, a picture of my mother and I standing in the kitchen. I'm helping her with something. It looks like my dad took a candid photo of us right before my mom noticed. She's just forming a smile. Her eyes are partially shut. I, but there on the fridge is a drawing, a child's drawing. It has the arcaded porches and asymmetrical column spire all in dark blue pencil. I flip further through the book and find another picture of me drawing. A different drawing, but the same house. Grabbing the box of keepsakes from under my bed, I rummage through to find my old sketchbook. It's filled with superhero traces and random objects. You can see my improvement as I work on an object multiple times, studying it. Learning the way light falls on a set of stairs or reflection on a piano key. I lay on the couch, watching the notebook rise and fall on my stomach. I close my eyes and try to think of anything else. My first dog, my first real kiss, the first time I fell in love, that how... God, I keep thinking of it and how I drew it as a child. Until I open my eyes and I'm there staring at its spire from the front yard. The sky is black behind the house, but light beats down on it like a sunny day. The angle creates harsh shadows on the wooden planks. Shadows from trees that aren't there pepper the side of the house. The grass-covered ground around it fades into the void of darkness. The house and I float in empty space. I notice the way the light falls on the front stairs. The stairs' sloped brick wall casts a shadow bending around each step. I've seen this before. I sit up from the grass and the sketchbook fumbles from my chest to my lap. I've drawn them. Fluttering the pages, I find the sketches of the stairs. Perfect. I exactly the same. The third stair has a nail poking up a quarter of an inch, just like in the drawing. I stand and try to find the piano. The same piano keys that I drew. Walking the halls, I find an upright piano covered with the linen. I undress the wooden piano and fold back the keyboard cover. There, among the stained ivories, is a cracked middle A key. Just as drawn. I made this place? I... It's just a dream. How did Mark and Shelley end up here? How did they end up dead? Up the stairs, I hear the carriage return of the typewriter. I find it hammering away at my life. It, it knows my thoughts. It tells my story from someone else's perspective, someone who knows more than I ever could. As I wonder to myself who could be telling my story, why I made this place, why people that go up those stairs die, the sentences form, telling me what I could not remember. When we were kids, Mark, his brother Sam, and me. I was staying the night and we dreamt about it. Suddenly I could remember. I was waiting for them on the stairs. See? See, I told you we could dream together. I, I just had to show you to the house. I raised Sam's baseball glove. Something important to you helps it find you, so you can come back. Mark grabs his action figure from me. Yeah. Sam, with his arm outreached. I need my glove for practice tomorrow. It, it can't have it. It doesn't keep it, Sam. The rooms were the same, but furnished slightly different. Mark ran past me towards a small door under the stairs. You ready? For what? <laughs> I rushed down the unpolished wooden stairs to the basement. <laughs> Wait up. I flip on the light switch, illuminating rows of haphazardly stacked items. Jewelry, bikes, books, you name it. It's like the warehouse in Indy! I exclaimed. Anything you could think of was down there. An impossible number of things stretched on forever. This isn't even the best part. <laughs> what? Mark and I run upstairs, yelling for Sam to follow. Walking into the room, he looked amazed. Sam loved to read. This was like our own library. So many books that all had different adventures no one had ever read before. 
The sound of a typewriter snapped his attention back. Think of something. The typewriter continued to tap away. Uh, think of something, anything. A, a number, a type of dog. Okay. Uh... Baseball. Mark shouted, hopping up and down. That was too easy. Let me go again. If we get it right, you have to let us hang out with you and your friends at the mall. Sam thought for a moment and smiled. All right. But if you don't get it right, I get to ride your bike for a week, Michael. Old bubble gum from the baseball card pack sold by the gas station next to your grandma. No, there's no way. You cheated. How did you cheat? I pointed to the typewriter and there it was. Is every thought being typed as I read it? This is just a dream. This isn't real. I want to wake up. You haven't even seen the coolest part yet. I walked over to the bookshelf and revealed the hidden spiral staircase. How did you know that was there? The old man showed me. Who? Sam looks puzzled as he inspects the entrance. The man who brought me here first. But I can't go up to the attic yet. It won't let me. You can't just walk up there? Sam asks as he walks over to the spiral staircase. I shake my head. No, the steps move away when I try to stand on them. I want to go. I want to wake up. Mark's voice quivers with worry. Mark, calm down. I've been here a bunch already. It's fine. Sam places another foot on a stair. Don't be a scaredy cat, Mark. No, I want to go. Mark tugs on my arm. The house begins to shudder. I want to go, Sam. Sam makes his way up the spiral towards the droning sound and dancing lights. I want to go, Sam! The floorboards creak with eagerness. It's... it's awesome. The attic locks. The typewriter carriage returns and the page ejects. No, I want to go. Mark tries to run up the stairs but falls flat as they give way below him. Mark and I wake up to someone screaming. We rush into Sam's room to find his mom holding his limp body, wailing. Snapping out of my memory, I... I didn't make this place. Someone brought me here, and and I brought Mark here. I brought Sam here. I grab Mark's book and scan, trying to find his brother's death, and stumble across his mother's name. Margaret Samantha Savage. I scan the bookshelves for MSS. I hurriedly find the last passage. Her footsteps hadn't stopped ringing from the staircase before she was gone, and the door was shut behind her. I skip back a few pages. He knew where Sam was. Not his body, not his being, his soul. Michael promised her she could see Sam again. I I brought her here too? Who else did I? I grabbed my book and read, skimming. I had been dreaming of this place for a while. I read back further to when I started seeing the therapist as a child. They said I was having trouble sleeping. <laughs> my medication were hypnotic. <laughs> of course I had trouble sleeping. I, I killed people. I, I, I brought people to this house. I open the secret passage and place my foot on a stair, which recoils violently. I'm done. I'm not bringing anyone else. I grab the railing, wedging my foot between the balusters, and pull myself up to the next spiral. Stretching out to reach the door, the house shakes and the brass handle shrinks away, sending me to the floor below. Ah! My knee smashes against the center pole. Fuck. Ah! I stumble downstairs with my book, hoping to find some way out. Find who took me here first. Who took them. How did this place even come to be? I I sit down to relieve the pain in my knee. The white sheets pull in with my weight, revealing the chair's blue fabric, the soft polyester. I stand and realize it's my father's recliner. How did my father's recliner... No. No. No, 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 no. My mother's photo album lay on the ground next to it. I frantically hunt for the chapter on my father's death as I hobble back up the stairs. Fighting through the pain in my knee, I search the shelf for his book, JTC. No, please. My finger lands on ALC. I feel my skin flush and my stomach drop. Ashley Leah Church. I turn to the back page and read, 
She ascended that spiral. Her skin warmed from the glow of the lights as she willingly stepped inside, calling her husband's name. Based on an empty promise from her own son, 